This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. So this week on the podcast, I'm chatting to Colin Funkhauser from the Pet Sitter Confessional podcast. So Colin is a pet sitter and he also has a podcast and a community for other pet sitters. I've been wanting to chat to him for ages because I love his podcast and I love the help that he shares with other pet professionals on all kinds of different things from social media to pricing to dealing with customers and all kinds of um, interesting topics for you as a pet pro. In this episode, Colin talks about how he gets his pet business out there and his journey from going from doing it as a bit of a side hustle to get a bit of money when he first left university to it being a really successful company as it is now. We talk about how he's used publicity to reach people who he wasn't able to reach on social media and how he wears a pet sitter t-shirt and how he has become the talk of the town by doing so and won lots of clients. So you're going to learn loads from Colin in this episode. It was an absolute joy chatting to him and do go and check out check out the Pet Sitter Confessional pod- podcast as well because you'll find loads of helpful information there too. Now on for the main part of the show. So today on the podcast, I'm joined by Colin Funkhauser, who's speaking to me from over in America. He has his own podcast as well. I'm really excited to be chatting to him. So Colin, thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Hey, Rachel, really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. So can you start by telling us a little bit about a little bit about you and what you do and your pet business? Yeah, absolutely. So my wife and I have been running and operating Funky Bunch Pet Care for the past 10 years. Uh, We actually got started when we were going to graduate school, and it was a way to earn a little bit of extra money uh, on the side. And since then, it's grown uh, exponentially more than anything we ever thought. We're doing it full time now, have been for a couple years. And a couple years ago, we actually started podcasting as a way to share stories and get connected with other people. But but we offer dog walks, we offer offer drop-ins, house sitting. We do a limited amount of boarding in in our home as well to select few number of dogs. And um, I mean, at each stage, we've always been completely blown away by the response of clients and the amount of trust people place in us. Fabulous. Okay, so. So with your pet business, um, you kind of, it sounds like you kind of fell into the industry, but fell in love with it. And and here we are today. So like, how did all of that come about? Was it just, you know, something that you thought would be some, a nice bit of extra cash when you were studying and then it kind of snowballed? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my wife and I had been married. We got married on uh, January 7th, moved to a completely new state and city on January 11th, uh, shortly after we got married. And um, as graduate students, you don't make a whole lot of money. We had a little bit of stipend because we were teaching some classes and stuff, but we were kind of challenged ourselves to earn a little bit of extra money. And we we, we both went away and said, okay, each of us was going to decide and kind of try and come up with a business that we can run on the side. I came up with an aquarium cleaning business where I was going to clean and build aquarium uh, and take care of fish. Uh, Megan came up with pet sitting. I'll let you figure out which one of those was more successful. Um, <laughs> hint, I only ever cleaned two aquarium. Uh, <laughs> but it was. Uh, we both had experience with with pets, both grew up with pets, 
lo- absolutely loved working with dogs. Um, I grew up with chickens, hamsters, gerbils, horses, rabbits, all sorts of stuff growing up. And um, we realized, okay, if we can, Megan did a quick search of like things that you could do on the side and dog walking came up and we were like, oh, well, we can do that. Like that's something we can totally do. And it came, it's grown from an idea of something we could quote, just do into a fiery passion of getting connected with owners and really uh, challenging ourselves to be better at and, and hone our skills over time. And it's, it's, it's crazy how something of, that's just so simple of walking a dog can be so inclusive and uh, <laughs> consume your entire days thinking about how to make that better, how to let people, more people know about that, how to build relationships. And it's a lot more complicated than just, you know, walking a dog as, as ev- most people know that are in the industry. Fabulous. Okay. So what started out as like a side hustle ended up being your full-time job. And what I would love to know, because obviously I know, you know, you're, you're everywhere now and you are so well known, but right at the beginning, how did you go about, you know, kind of getting yourself out there and getting people to discover the business that you thought you'd give a little go to, and then it's ended up turning into where you are today. How did you put yourself out there at the start? Right. So we, this was 10 years ago and the industry looked totally different then, right? There's a lot more things going on today. And back then, uh, at least here in the United States, there was a listing website called Craigslist where you could go on, you could list things for sale. You know, I'm sure you're familiar with those kind of websites and it was still really popular then, insanely popular. And we were actually in a town uh, in Texas that while it was a larger town, there weren't a lot of people doing what we were trying to do. And so we can't entered, you know, looking, this is all retrospective. Like the, a lot of this wasn't intentional, but looking back, what happened was we started to put ourselves out there and posting on this listing service for, for this availability and in local, some local Facebook groups. And that grew like wildfire as people found us, realized that they need us and grew. And it was really fueled by word of mouth at that time too. And we we helped juice that a little bit by providing all of our clients a lot of incentives as far as referrals and discount codes. And we saw a lot of success with that when we were just starting out. Because as soon as we found clients that we liked that were in this little inner circle of people that we 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 wanted to be more connected with we started handing out referral codes and and discounts to them and saying hey if you refer somebody next time they book you know you'll get 10 or 20% off and they'll get 10 or 20% off and and that kind of because we we knew we knew oh let me start over again <laughs> we knew we knew word of mouth was was really key at that time even then and so we were trying to just find ways to make it better make it easier for people to do that and kind of grease the skids for them so it was it was this listing service that everybody was still using on craigslist where we really found a lot of traction and then this word of mouth trying to get ourselves out there with these discount codes we really found a lot of success with that yeah, it's a really good point about um, word of mouth as well. I love that because, and also like when you find people who get you and value what you do, you want to get more people like them, don't you? And I think um, we can spend so much time on social media trying to find people and actually the people who we've already found who are lovely can be the ones who can help us find more of the same, can't it? So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and two, there are t- there are times where we would drive around neighborhoods and we still do that to this day of going you know, we, we're in a neighborhood where we want to be, we want to expand. And we're like, how do I get you on social media? Where do I get you? And one of the things is a lot of times you don't, right? A lot of times these people, 
they spend minimal times on social media. So it's word of mouth access to them. It's little referrals that are going to yeah. get you into those clientele that you really want. Uh, and because not everybody, while social media is huge, it's not everybody's on there or they spend limited times or they're only on there to check pictures of grandbabies or, or far off cousins. Uh, and they're not really using it as a tool a lot of times. So it's, it's trying to find these other ways into those kind of those clicks and those communities. Definitely. I love hearing this. Um, and when we just before we started recording, um, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to it. But I'm looking at Colin on the screen as I'm chatting. And Colin has got this awesome pet set t-shirt on. I'll probably take a screenshot and share it when I put this podcast episode out. But it literally is like pet sitter written loud and proud across the front of, of the t-shirt. And tell me about how that works as well, because sometimes you've just got to put it out there what you do, haven't you? I love it. <laughs> Yeah, we originally had a first design of t-shirts where it just had our little logo in the upper right-hand corner on the front, and then on our back had more information. Really typical shirt. And we wore that when we were out working and out walking and as, as a way to get you know more visibility. But we found that as we're walking quickly past people on the street, seeing a little tiny logo on your front of your shirt is really hard for people to see. They don't really know. And a lot of people won't turn and look back at you as you're walking away from them because they're busy doing other stuff. And Megan, my wife, was kind of frustrated by this. And she's like, it's like people don't know what we do. And I said, I know how to solve this. So we just put what we are and who what we do on the front of the t-shirt. It's a white shirt with big black bold lettering that just says pet sitter. And since getting these shirts, the number of comments from people that we get just around town when we're wearing it, either at a restaurant or going grocery shopping or just or, or while we're out working has been insane because people at first they don't believe it like they don't understand they're like are you is that actually what you do and it's a great conversation starter to be like yes absolutely this is what i do why i do it and how i do it do you need a pet sitter <laughs> and we've had people stop us on the street and be like i was just thinking about this the other day i need to get your information or you know they ask more questions about it so it is just this way of going loud and proud this is who i am this is what i do and it's an open invitation, too, for people to ask questions and get better connected with them. I absolutely love it. So can I just ask you as well, when when people see you in the street, you've got your T-shirt on, you've got the dogs with you or whatever you're doing. Do you like give out, give out cards? How do you move the conversation on with them? Yeah, we we give out cards and our cards. We have a couple different ones. We've got the standard cards, but we've also been getting a lot more like magnets that we give out to people and we leave those on refrigerators of our clients when we're out the door and stuff as well. But yeah, cards are a great way still to do that because many times if you try and like we've thought about trying to get a QR code for people to scan on their phone, but then it's kind of awkward to get your phone out and get your phone aligned and it's a lot more process. It's a much simpler of just here, take this. And this is everything that we have on it. And our cards are really simple. They have a giant logo on one side, our website, and our phone number on the other side. And we feel like the more text people are going to get lost, they're not going to be wanting, they're not going to be interested at that time because they're going to get nitty gritty details. And this is for people who might be interested and need to save our information for later. And we've gotten a, a really good response from those too. Yeah, and I'd love to hear... Um you know kind of what people might see as being a bit old school methods really working and, and the t-shirt and the cards is great and I also love that you talked about the people who aren't on social media um and maybe you're more you, you maybe your customers are a little bit more old a little bit older um who aren't on social media because I know obviously you're very good at social media that's how we kind of got in conversation but 
it's not there are people out there who need whose pets need services who aren't on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok all day aren't they um so I love hearing that you you know that you don't that you have these more traditional ways of reaching people as well as the new ones that we have all right. Well, we've we're we're out around people. We're interacting yeah. with them. Um, the people see us as a pet sitter, as a dog walker. You actually are a very visible person mm-hmm. in your community, and yeah. so we we're trying to think of ways of of how do we raise that visibility even further. Bas- you know, a, a for security, so people know who the stranger is going into my neighbor's house. Like that's obviously very important. But B just so that we can be known as the quote dog people, right? That's, that's something that started to come up recently in our community. When people see us, they go, Oh, you're the dog people. It's like, yeah, because they're starting to associate with us. And the, the, the physical nature of a shirt of a card, it's very sticky with people. That's something they can see the car. They can pass on. It can exchange hands extremely easily uh, where people can hang it on a fridge or they can put it on a coffee table. And it, it's this physical representation of you and your business that social media doesn't always capture uh, in the in a space for people to remember about you. Yeah, yeah, really memorable, definitely. Um, so I know I've gone off on a little bit about the T-shirts, the T-shirt there, but I just really love it. So I wanted to ask you, you know, when you first started with your business and you first started kind of going from it being a little bit, I hate the word side hustle, but you did. That's how you kind of described it when you were talking. So it yeah. being a being your full on. This is what I do. Um, did you find you know were there any challenges or stumbling blocks when you were at the beginning of your journey, and you know when it came to getting yourself out there and getting known? Yeah, um, I, I think one of the biggest ones for us was we just didn't know what we didn't know, right? We were so new to this. This was kind of out of left field and a a stumbling block or something that we would, if we would go back and change, we would have gotten connected into a community of other pet sitters and business owners a lot sooner because we really were just out there trying to figure it out on our own because, and, and part of this was we, we got way too busy, and so we weren't ever able to take a step back and figure out a slightly better way of doing things as business owners. And so it was this lack of connection that we had where we were kind of having to recreate the wheel every time we came into a problem. Instead of looking outside and external of what other people had done, we were like, oh, no, we've, we've got to solve this. We've got to be the ones to do this. And, and we, we never really branched out until several years later. And when we finally did, it was like, oh, this is a lot nicer. <laughs> this is a lot easier to be connected with these people. And so I felt like we did kind of struggle and bumble through those first couple of years because we didn't get connected with somebody else. Yeah, I can totally relate to that, actually, because um, I've been I've been self-employed for like 15 years this year. And for years, and I say for years, it was like 12 years before I realized that there were communities out there that you could join. Like, member, like I'm in a couple of membership groups and stuff for self-employed people um, and people who do coaching that kind of thing and I didn't know that anything like that was there so I would literally just muddle my way for everything and when you find it you're like oh my gosh why didn't I know about this before and it's just such a it just helps so much doesn't it Um, yeah it does yeah. (laughs) yeah when you land in your first pet sitter, your first professional networking group on Facebook or some or, or some other place or a, a, an email list, it's really refreshing to all of a sudden be like, oh, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is wonderful. 
yeah, it's not just me who has this because you always just think, oh, it's it's only me that this happens to, and oh my gosh, it must just be me. And oh, anyway, um, yeah. So tell us. So we're here today. We've already talked about like like how you got going and the the, the combination of stuff that you do. Um, I love like you know just the you know the the t-shirts and the community and you the stuff that you do physically to be visible and to you know get your name out there and Megan's name out there in your business but um yeah. we met kind of via the podcast because I listened to your podcast we met on social media and I love the idea of the pets it's pod pets at confidential the podcast and I'd love to know more about like how it came about and how it kind of works for you in your business sure so but Let's see here. About three years ago, my wife and I were trying to figure out something to do together creatively. Um, both of us have very sciencey, technical backgrounds and tend to not be very creative people. And we're trying to figure out something new to do together, a new adventure, kind of that fun stuff. And the idea of a podcast kept bumbling up in my brain. I've been listening to podcasts for years and years and years, and I've always thought it'd be so much fun to start one. But the idea of, okay, what do I do? What are these hurdles? How do we, what would I talk about? Because who, who am I? Wh wh why would anybody listen to us? And so the idea for Pet Sitter Confessional came up when I was throwing out ideas for Megan to, to latch onto and going, you know what, we could talk about pet sitting because we know pet sitting. We've been, we've been doing pet sitting a lot. And that's something we could just share our experiences from because uh, it was a way of kind of sharing a little bit of our knowledge, but more importantly, kind of opening the door and kind of giving a behind the scenes look about what the life of a pet sitter is actually like. And one of the selling points for her was whenever I was actually able to outline like 15 or 20 shows for her of like, these are possible topic ideas that we could talk about. And as soon as she saw that, she went, oh, okay, that can, that's actually a real thing. And then my techie side, I was able to invest in, in, uh, in research and find out all the what to do and what not to do and how to edit and all that kind of stuff. Because we don't have any of that background of producing or editing or writing or any of that stuff. This was all just, we're going to figure it out. And it was fun. And it was, it was a way and it, it, it grew beyond anything that we imagined. And one of the things that really changed the game for us was we had some, we had Alex and Beth reach out to us and say, hey, uh, we're also pet sitters. Would you be, would you consider interviewing us? And that was something that we had never thought of, of, oh, we could interview other pet sitters. And that completely changed it for us. And all of a sudden it was, this is a way to get connected with other people, share stories in their own voices so that they don't have to feel, so that other people don't have to feel alone like we did in the early stages of our pet sitting career. We don't have to feel like we're isolated from other people. I can actually physically hear somebody tell their struggles, their successes, their lessons. And it really does grow a, a really strong connection with other people. No, it's it's like what we were saying earlier, isn't it? About, you know, trying to figure out stuff on your own and worrying about what's happening in your business. And when you can hear what other people go through, it's it's it really helps, doesn't it? And it takes away a lot of the stress and overwhelm as well, I think. So can you tell us a little bit about the kind of community that you've built in the pet care space and because of what you've done with the podcast? Yeah, so I, um, Megan is um, absolutely wonderful in many aspects, every aspect of our lives. And one of the things that she is really good at is running the online and social community of pet sitters that, that we have that follow us. And um, she really is, and, and 
uh, my perspective too on this is anytime we share something, anytime we interact with somebody or put something out there, we want to give the most possible value to that person and always be focused on what is the value that this one thing brings to the people who are receiving it. And because there are, there are places, you know, there are social media accounts or community groups that you can get involved in that all they do is share cute photos of dogs and cats all day long. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we, we just wanted to, whenever somebody sees something or interacts with something, we want to, to impact them. And so that's something that she takes extremely seriously. And so through Instagram, through our, our, face, our private Facebook group, that is what we continue there. And it's a way of giving to people and letting them see that there's information out there. And then as, as you get, as you start putting out that information, you get people who start sharing their own information and seeing, okay, I can give back in this way, or I can give back in this way. And, and it's really about how can we all contribute to help other people and share weaknesses, share strengths, share lessons, um, share funny stories, because we all have that commonality at the end of the day of this is something that we can all connect with. And it, it can be a little, um, you know, a little concerning or a little time consuming sometimes of oh, what do we post? How do we get this done? We know what's something that's actually going to give value. And there are times where we go, you know what, I don't have anything today to post or to share. And that's fine. It's not, it, we, if, if we don't have something that's really going to make the impact we want, we'll just skip that post or we'll do try something else the next day. And that's something that we've had to learn of like, you know, it's okay to, to not do that, to have the space in content and to let the existing stuff just be out there, let people come to. So um, growing those groups has been uh, something that Megan has been, has worked really hard on to invite people, to interact with them, to reach out to specific people, to bring them in and say, hey, you know, could you contribute this? Or I know you you have this thing that you'd like to share and, and tapping people and going, hey, this is a request we got. I know you're an expert in this. And she's really good at getting people plugged in to their strengths, um, and it, which allows people to feel like, okay, I, I actually can contribute something here. And it, it, it's really been wonderful to see. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think community is really important, and building, as you've just described there, those feelings of self worth and and re- and being recognised as well for what it is that you do, or what your particular strength is, or your niche, or what you know, whatever it is, that really does mean a lot, doesn't it? And I, you know, I loved how you've just kind of described what you've what you've built there and what you really strive to create and also the stuff about you know not having to post all the time because we do have that don't we where we think oh my gosh the experts say you've got to post four times a day or four times a week or whatever and sometimes you just you're just all out posting aren't you so (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely and there are times when you're busy there are times when you've got other things going on and to realize okay if i if this isn't going to have the impact if this isn't going to be what I actually want. I don't want to waste people's time. I don't want to just fill my feed to fill my feed. I want this to actually mean something and to recognize it's okay to not post a day or two. That's perfectly fine. Like everyone's going to be fine. and <laughs> Nothing's going to be destroyed or lost. Yeah. It's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, actually this is, it's really interesting hearing you chat about this because I'd love to like, do you, when it comes to posting and remember, like I don't have a pet care business, so please forgive me if I sound a little bit clueless with this, but do you have like any kind of pillars of thing of different things that you post about, or do you have like any set themes that you follow? So I know you've obviously you've got your own podcast and you've got your content, but when it comes to your social media, do you have any kind of structure or certain things that you try to 
you know things that you have to try to hit with each post whether it's inspiring or educational or or whatever it might be yeah so the kind of content we share is different depending on whether it's our pet sitter business or our or the podcast and so Mm -hmm. for the pet sitting side um we really focus a lot on education um posts as far as pet tips or did you knows or we just learned this we do that a lot um, we also do blog once a week. And so yeah. there comes extra content that we're able to share out, not just the announcement post that we have a new blog, because there's there's one post done for the day, but also a blurb from the blog that we share or a main takeaway that we have from the blog. Um, we then also try and share behind the scenes of what we're doing. So a little bit of us walking, a picture of us just walking or a dog that we're out walking or something like that to just share Casey really enjoyed the fall morning today and, you know, sunshine and, you know, try and frame the picture a little bit and then post that out. And parents love seeing their dogs out there. Uh, and we don't try and go too in depth or write big, long screeds about each photo. It's, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is how the dog's enjoying it. And many times we'll do a call to action too, of if your dog likes walks, let us help you. Uh, one thing that we're working more on is doing more video content, especially on Instagram. Uh, and those tend to be just real short. Like I did one yesterday. I was out walking and I was just like, you know what? Uh, I need to turn on my camera. So all I said was, we enjoy walks probably more than even your dogs do. And, you know, kind of panned and showed the dogs walking around me. And then that was it. And as a way to be like, you know, we're really passionate about this. Yeah. And it was real short, just off the cuff. And People love that. They were able to say, oh, yeah, you know, these people get it. These people understand what we're doing. And so we try and draw on those connections, too, of our passion and and why we're doing this, too. Yeah, sometimes I think we can overcomplicate things, can't we, or overthink things. And like you've just said, like just saying, I like walking, too. That's like, well, it's just so easy, isn't it? And it shows (laughs) you and who you really are. Yeah, yeah. Keep, Keep it simple. And straightforward and honest. And, 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 you know, if you're somebody who likes to get on there and, and talk a lot, get on there and talk a lot. That's fine. There's no, there's no, nothing telling you to not do. Um, this was just a very like, oh, uh, this doesn't need to be any longer. I'm, I'm always reminded of these phrases that my, my school teachers taught me over the years of, you know, one of the things that was that you have to write a paper, right? And, they, and I would be the one who'd ask, okay, well, how long does the paper need to be? Because that's just who I am. Yeah. And every single teacher would say, it needs to be as long as it needs to be. Cover the information. Don't go over, you know, cover the information adequately. So it's going to have to be some length, but don't go over. Don't add enough. Don't add fluff just because you feel like it needs to be longer. If it doesn't need to be long, don't worry about it. And I run into that with our blog too. Of I yeah. turned into this thing of like, oh, I only have four paragraphs. Oh my gosh, I need this I need this long thing. Where are my pages and pages? But to step back and go, mm, no, this is as long as it needs to be. This video covers everything that needs to be. I don't need to add anything else to this. And to edit down to that, not physically edit, but just real edit yourself and realize, okay, I've covered everything. It doesn't need to be longer. I don't need to make overcomplicate this. That's fine. And that's going to, again, that's honesty. That's going to connect with people a lot more than trying to make it something more than it actually is. Yeah, totally agree. You know, and I bet that's really helped you with the podcast as well, hasn't it? Because I know when I started mine, I was really lucky. I had um, won this competition where I got some mentoring from this guy, Ant, who is like the king of podcasting over here in the UK. And one of my questions was, of course, how long should my podcast be? And he just said, 
as long as it needs to be. If you want to talk for five minutes, do five minutes. If you want to talk for an hour and a half, do an hour and a half. So like, yeah, it doesn't need to be any longer or, you know, whatever it makes is what I've always been, I've always been told. So it's a really good takeaway that for social media, because we can just sometimes make life so hard for ourselves, can't we? Yeah. Yeah. Or one, I know one of the things that we struggle with is um, when we get a photo, we really like the photo. Now we've got to write a description for it. And it's like, oh, okay, like, what do I, where do I start with this? And again, I, we have these tendency to make it really long and we're writing paragraphs and paragraphs. And it's like, ah, no, it doesn't need to be that long, short, sweet to the point, And you're going to get a better connection and people are going to actually read it. That's the other part is like <laughs> the shorter these kind of descriptions, the more engagement you're going to have. And, and it's, it's quicker too for you because you don't have to sit there and go through this mental you know, fatigue to try and come up with, you know, the next uh, odyssey or the next Homer and try and figure out, okay, I've got to make this long product to ship to people. It's no, this is social media. It's fleeting. It's here and gone. And then you're not mentally worn out at the end of the day either from having to create all of this stuff too. Oh my gosh. You totally like I've just written down. <laughs> I'm just thinking because I've got a podcast that I've just done today and I'm thinking I need to do my social media post for it. And sometimes I do, you know, listen to this podcast and you'll learn bullet point, bullet, bullet point, bullet point. But this one's an interview. It's with a girl called Emily and she's talking about what press coverage has done for a business. So I think I'm just oh. going to do, I'm just going to say what will getting in the press do for your business over to Emily. And that's my caption. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You've made my life easier today. Um, so I wanted to ask, so we talked about social media for your um, for your kind of general business, which is really good advice for, for pet business owners. I wanted to go back to the podcast um, oh. and the, the pet, the pet, uh, pet business community that you've got there and I wanted to ask you about how the podcast um, does that help you in your face-to-face business do you think yeah it really does um, I think one of the ways it does is um, it has boosted our confidence as yeah. business owners uh, it's boosted our knowledge of things going on again not just being connected to community, but now actively learning through interviews, through reaching out to people, finding new resources, being in really, really plugged in. I think the, the confidence has been huge for us, both both Megan and myself. We feel like we're more competent in handling problems as they come up, answering client questions, being able to stand there when somebody says, you know, oh, well, your your prices are insanely high, um, or or whatever, or whatever the feedback we get from somebody is, so they don't want to use us. Being able to stand there, and go, you know what? That's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with that because I know who we are. And some of that comes from the years we've been in business. But I attribute that a lot to running the podcast and interacting with other people and and going, you know what? Yeah, like we, our business does mean something. Our business is actually real. It's it's a legitimate thing and. This is something that we need to be proud of. And so this this confidence, this competency has been really uh, boosted and, and increased over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, that's that's really good to hear. And I think um, I think doing something like a podcast, it's it's you know, it's hard, isn't it? Especially when you first start out. Like do you think I think being a content doing something that's you know, whether you're blogging or creating a podcast where you're really putting quite a lot into your content, it is hard, isn't it? Like I've got a journalism background, so it's I feel like it's easier for me. But I know when I speak to clients who are dog walkers, trainers, groomers, um, 
who haven't, you know, they might not have written or created content or, you know, basically done the writing stuff for a long time. And then you're going in with a podcast stuff, so you're learning all the tech side of it and the audio and all that kind of thing. It is a challenge, isn't it? But it does also, I think you write about the, the confidence and the self-belief. And and I love the fact, like when I was kind of thinking about chatting to you today and, and beforehand, I was thinking about like what your podcast does when it comes to your authority and your expert status. Because I'm not for one moment saying that every pet sitter should have a podcast. It might not be for everybody, but you have built like huge authority as an expert in the industry. And that that must be that must mean a lot for you. And and definitely it will impact on your confidence as well, won't it? It yes. And you know, when Megan and I started out this, uh, we we didn't start out to to show ourselves as experts or yeah. claim to be experts in anything. Uh we are we're, you know, we used to say, oh, we're just pet sitters. And and that that phrase means different things to different people, but but we really are. We're we're business owners, we're learning just as much as everybody through a lot of this stuff. And I think it's been just exposure to other people and how they operate, because many times as business owners, as in the, especially in the pet care industry, there's no really right, right way or wrong way to do something a lot of times. And so we tend to second guess ourselves repeatedly. Oh, is this the right price? Was that the right policy? Did I do the right thing? Did I handle that client effectively? The more you hear stories, the more you talk with other actual business owners, the more you can have confidence in what you're doing because it's like, oh, oh, I did the exact same thing. Oh, okay, great. I can, it kind of gives you absolution for <laughs> for how you're acting in your business a lot of times because you can because it's just unsure. There's people write manuals and they write how tos a lot of times, but everybody's business is so unique and we have our own beliefs and our own values that we're trying to live out. That as Megan and I have run the podcast, we've been able to be more grounded in what we actually believe and have more confidence in that, that it's actually okay to operate the way we do because other people operate the way we do. And we all struggle with the same problems and we're all trying to overcome them. So it's just, it's just this very uh, solidarity moment of going, okay, no, this is, I, I, this is something that I can believe in uh, and, and that it's and that that's okay. Yeah. And I think, um, I know like when you were saying you, you, you didn't kind of start the podcast thinking you, you would be like a pet sitting expert or anything like that. You kind of started it because you, because you had that lovely why of wanting to share life behind the scenes and build a community and all of those things. But I imagine that it is used as a resource for a lot of pet sitters when they, they might have a pricing problem or they might have a, you know, a communication problem or or they might not feel valued. They can go and look through your archive and find advice or somebody who's shared a story. And that's really valuable, isn't it? It is. It is. And and we get we get comments and feedback many times where someone goes, you know, I'm just starting out my pot my uh, my pet sitting business and I'm starting from episode one. And we're like, good luck. There's a lot of information there, <laughs> but it, it's a great walkthrough and confidence booster for, for many people, especially new people to the industry. That's that's where we see a lot of listeners uh, who come in who are brand new to the pet sitting industry. They're Googling for information. They stumble across us and they're immediately plugged into not really a, a, a course, so to speak, but a, a, a mastermind or masterclass from pet sitters all across the world who are sharing experiences. And that that immediately connects them in with a great community. And then they go over to our, our Facebook page or get connected with us on Instagram. And it's the, it's the additional resources beyond what Megan and I have 
because we don't have all the answers. We haven't done every possible thing, but that's a great way, reason of why we're doing these interviews and connecting with others because cumulatively, there's a lot of experience and that's the best part about it. Totally. That's the good thing about having a podcast as well, isn't it? Because like you can, you know, if somebody comes to you and says, you know, I really want to find out about, you know, how LinkedIn can help me or whatever, you can say, okay, well, I don't, you know, I actually had this with mine and I said, well, I don't, you know, I don't really do, I'm not great on LinkedIn, but I know somebody who is and you can bring people in to, to do that. And I think ultimately you've started your podcast with, with that, with that desire to help people and that and that's how and it works really well doesn't it I really it's one of the things that you I love about podcasting and I can tell that you do as well yeah Yeah, absolutely and and it's great to be able to because many times people have questions again about something that maybe that we don't have experience about but I interviewed somebody who did it so I can shoot off a link and go I have I've never experienced this before but episode 175 will really help you or mm-hmm. you know listen to these 3 episodes and you'll really get a good idea about what you can do and if you have additional questions we can talk about that but start here and then and then you can make you know, then you can move on Yeah, yeah. definitely and um, so you have been brilliant at like getting yourself, you know, you've talked about all the different things that you've learned in your own pet business to put yourself out there. And then you've got the podcast, which is a really good set of resources on loads of different topics from social media to pricing and lo- you've covered so many different things. What would you say is the biggest kind of challenge with pet businesses and with the people who are in your communities when it comes to, you know, stepping out of the spotlight and putting themselves out there? Because it can be scary, can't it? What would you say people struggle with the most? Well, it's it's scary, isn't it? It's it's. Uh, I think it comes a lot from feeling like we aren't capable, like that we aren't actually worth it, or that we, as an individual, as a business owner, that we ourselves are enough. And this leads into a lot of self doubt of who would ever listen to me? Why would anybody want to pay attention to things that I'm saying? I'm quote just a pet sitter. I'm quote just a dog walker. I'm I'm nobody. And I think while it's important to have a healthy dosage of, of being humble in, in, in expressing humility and understanding of our limitations as an individual and a business owner, you can take extreme confidence in knowing that whether you recognize it or not, you have a lot of experience. You've seen and had to do things that pet owners would never even dream about, would ha- have no experience or knowledge of. And and that's where you start sharing from. You share from those strengths. You share from your personal experiences because we start to question ourselves of like, well, you know, I don't know all the ins and outs of, of how to do, you know, leash training or I don't know what this means or that means. Don't start there. Don't start at those topics where you, that you don't know about. That's okay. Realizing, because we, we jump ahead of ourselves. We jump 10 steps down the road to all of the quote unquote experts that we see. Because all everything we see around us is extremely polished, it's extremely well done, it's well edited. They're using high resolution cameras. They're you know they've got a whole teams of production behind them, and we look at ourselves with our cell phone and we go, what, 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 what am I gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> but it's the authenticity. <laughs> it's it's the access to you that clients and people in your community actually want. That's what's really gonna get people connected with you. And again, start talking from your strengths. Don't worry about step step 10. Start at step zero. Who are you and what do you do? Only you know that. So talk about that. And that's a great place. And don't worry about the next steps because you'll get there. That that will come in time. 
Yeah, I so agree with you. And I think we've all been guilty of thinking that we have to be polished and perfect. And like you say, um, you know, like when I've done my own courses, I think, oh, it doesn't, you know, I don't have brilliant. When I first started, I wasn't able to have someone design things and it'd be my rubbish, my videos would be rubbish or whatever. But it's you, isn't it? Like, and also people are trusting you with their, their most treasured possession in many cases. And we've got to remember, I think you've got to remember that as well, haven't you? That's such a biggie when you are worrying about what people might think like you've got their trust and that's so important yeah no rachel that's that's huge and we do totally forget that because we take that for granted every a lot of times like almost every day we take for granted just the immense amount of trust that people place in us when when we realize that that all of a sudden gives us strength like we have to recognize that every single day that we are actually coming not we're coming from a position of of strength and authority because people already trust us in one thing. So as we start introducing other topics, as we start talking about things in a different way, they're looking to you. They're looking to you whether you recognize it or not. So start talking and sharing, again, on the little things and then work up from there and build your confidence. Definitely. One of the things I have, because I'm not a pet professional and I've got a dog and obviously I love him very much and I've had dog training and stuff with him and I hang on every single word the dog trainers say. I'm like, oh my God, they're amazing. They've got all this knowledge. And in the same breath, I know that they might worry about what other people in the industry might think or what what will people think if I put this video on Facebook. But to the people that matter, i.e. their clients, like people like me, we don't care. We're just like, you know, you you understand my dog. We're just so grateful. And honestly, you know, your client, like, for the pet professionals listening you know we hang on us normal people us owners us guardians however you want us to be seen you know we're hanging on your every word and yeah you know we're, we're you're totally on a pedestal with us <laughs> and, and that that can we can be uncomfortable with that because again yeah. a, a lot of times people get into the industry to be with the pets not necessarily with the pet owners but that's such an integral part to running a holistic pet care business and being a pet care professional is yeah. meeting the needs of the client and their pet. And part of that is education and just discussing. And it doesn't have to be a fully fledged produced multi PowerPoint slide with, you know, videos and animations and things. It's just sharing your knowledge. When yeah. when I sit down with a pet parent and I talk about just our simple how we do a walk, things that we look for, um, what I'm going to be talking to them about, they they watch your client the next time you talk about what you do. They are listening to you and trying to figure out, okay, can I do any of that? How do I integrate this? What's going on? Those are the clients that you can really pour into and are going to be supporting you through tough times. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And yeah, the people who yeah, the people who hang on your every word and who really who really value you, they're the people you want more of, aren't they? Like you, when you were talking about the referrals earlier, you want to be building more of those don't you okay so as you know um the main kind of focus for my podcast is um i do content creation so obviously you're a podcaster so that go, that's content creation part but also getting in the media as well so when it comes to you know you reaching other outlets and reaching other people have there been any really successful things for you in your in your capacity i guess as a pet sitter but also as a podcaster as well what kind of things have been really helpful for you when it when it when it's um, when it comes to like exposure on other people's platforms. Sure. So for our pet sitting business, um, I, I, there are two really good examples that I'll point out here. And uh, one of them was getting featured in our local newspaper. And yeah. this happened because we were doing a 
she when she told us how she found us, she actually came to us and said, I love what you're sharing and what you're talking about and the blogs that you're writing. And I love how you're producing stuff. And so she actually found us through our content and then wanted to highlight us as a local business and put us on the newspaper. And so that one kind of happened through through happenstance of she just really loved what we were doing and wanted to, to share more about it. And we've gotten actually, a, it was amazing to us, the amount of clients that we got through being featured in the newspaper. Um, and it actually got us into many circles that we would and clientele that we were trying to get into again, as we were driving by houses going, it was one of those things of later we looked back and as we drove around these houses going, where are you on Facebook? The, the, the problem was that they weren't on Facebook, but what was on their doorstep? the local newspaper. The newspaper was on their doorstep. They were still getting the newspaper. So that was a, a gateway into them. The other part that came up for our local pet sitting business was when we had an opportunity to come and talk at the local college. One of our clients is actually a professor there and she teaches business courses. And we talk with her a lot about things, both pet and business related. And one day we were talking about some things that we were doing in our business and how we were managing social media and getting connected with people. Um, she said, uh, I need you to come and talk to my, 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 my class. My students really need to hear this. And immediately all these same self-doubt and things that we just talked about came flooding in. I'm like, ah, I'm not a business. I don't know what you're talking about. I make this stuff up as I go along. And she was like, no, no. They need to hear this story. They need to hear how you guys do that. And that led to us being connected with other business owners. And that was a process of all of a sudden opening ourselves up to the broader business community. And I think that's really important as, as pet sitters of taking these opportunities when they come because you don't know where they're going to lead. And they're going to get you connected with more people. And that's only going to, again, go back to increasing uh, how you view yourself. Uh, your self-worth and increasing your your competency and your understanding that you do have strengths. I, I think that's really huge and you can't under understate how important that is as people start approaching you or you reach out and they say yes, right? That's also really big about this. Yeah, absolutely love that. No, it's a great, two really good examples and I love the stuff that you said about the people who, who pick up, who are on Facebook, but who pick up the newspaper. It's like, Oh, honestly, I, I couldn't have I couldn't have paid you to say something better than that, Colin. So thank you so so much. Um, so with your you so you got in the media by them kind of happening upon you and stumbling across your blog. Have you um have you got any tips for getting in the media from your experience or any tips on on visibility, um and you know getting in front of journalists? Yeah, I, I would I would continue to focus on building your your presence and the content that you're putting out there really <laughs> start and focus there and make sure again that that's giving the best value possible and that's really that it really represents you well i know we have a tendency to feel like like we mentioned like we have to make it all flash and bang and really exciting um, and then that might not be representative of, of who we actually are or what we're actually capable of doing. And I know that may sound a little weird, but we want to make sure that what we're putting out there is authentic, that when we connected with people, that's actually going to be, they get to, they get us, right? That's the most exciting part. So I think putting out that kind of content in, and one thing that we started to do before one of the things Megan did before they reached out to us was we started to kind of tag in on posts that they had um, or comment 
about things that they were going on or when we were walking through the park, right? We always tag our local park and then all of a sudden they started following us and they interact with stuff and they've, or, you know, so it's this, it's this giving part two of interacting, letting mm-hmm. them know that you're a part of the community because you got to get on their radar somehow. I think you can cold email them and, and direct message them these days. You can still definitely do that, but showing them part of this is as from coming from the media side of like, okay, well, well, why would I want to talk to you? You've, you've got to realize that they're asking that question to themselves before they're yeah. going to write that article or reach out to you in an interview. They've got to know the why, what is this person going to have? What can they can contribute? And yes, you can write up in an email saying, this is why you should talk to me and my great things. And I think you should do that. But I think a speaking to the larger body of content and work that you're putting out there is consistently doing stuff on social media, your blog, your website, having all this presence so that people can see that there's a lot here that this person can really contribute and are really going to be valuable to us. Yeah, I love that kind of 360 view of, of what you do. I really love that. Um, because again, I have this with with clients um, where they'll or with people have people who um, people who kind of come into my world and they'll say, oh, I've sent off one pitch, but they said no, and I feel rubbish. And, and it's like, actually, there's quite a lot that you've got to do to nurture that relationship. So what you've said, the way that you've done that is perfect. Like, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, that feels a bit stalkery if I'm tagging them or if I'm just commenting on their things. But it's like, no, you're getting on their radar. And that's, that's great. And it works. And what you said about your content as well, I love that. Like, if you're putting out stuff that's interesting, um, I've found actually, I've had clients where they've put out really good blog posts and it's actually been picked up by the local radio station or local paper because it's done really well on social media and people have found it organically. And then the journalist has realised actually this is a good story. I even had one where Claire Lawrence, the name was, she did this really good post at the beginning of lockdown and she was talking about, you know, how to help your dog cope, you know, when we're in isolation. It was before we even got locked down in the UK. And that she put it out as a pitch and nobody picked up on it. And then she put it out on Facebook and then it went crazy and she ended up on like three different radio stations. So definitely putting your stuff out there on social media definitely um, gets you noticed and all of that 360 view of things in your community. It's just such brilliant advice. Yeah. And it's remembering that we're looking at the long game here. It's not, not every blog post is going to get picked up by the local radio station or be featured on the newspaper. It's the consistency. It's the value that you're giving to people because ultimately while we, while we want to be picked up by the local media, our focus needs to be on our clients and making sure they're given the most value possible. The benefit to that is, is that again, as I said earlier, as a pet sitter's dog walker, I'm a visible part of my community, both physically and digitally on my website and on social media. People are going to see that and interact as your stuff gets picked up and shared around. And yeah. that's the, that's you want those articles to get picked up and to get shared and to, to build these, these connections. Uh, because ultimately, again, focusing on your clients first and then having people find that, that, that that's going to be the most rewarding to you. Yeah. Yeah. You're, um, you know, I talk about kind of publicity and getting press coverage, but what you've just described there is like proper, you know, proper old fashioned PR, isn't it? It's just, it's just fantastic. So your, um, your advice here, like in so many, like I knew we'd have a really good chat and I'm kind of, we're chatting now. We've had a few tech problems, haven't we? But I'm like sitting back on the bed, like I'm just chatting to one of my friends. It's been an amazing interview and you shared so many brilliant, brilliant tips. I knew you would, but you've totally like, You've just been amazing, Colin. Um, can you tell us what's next for Pet Sitter Confidential and your pet sitting business? 
Yeah. Uh, so for the pet sitting side, pet sitting business, um, Megan and I are actually working on expanding into a new area and changing up our service offerings. Uh, right now, we're predominantly um, boarding and house sitting with a few walks and drop-ins, and we're going to try and completely flip that in a new service area uh, to try and grow and expand in hiring. So we're in a, a really large growth period, and it's it's painful, but it's fun. It's all good, uh, and we're we're trying to learn as much as we can. For the podcast, uh, we want to continue doing what we're doing. Uh, we want to continue bringing on amazing people, telling stories, giving tips, and uh, <clears throat> building that community. And I know one thing that we're really hoping for for 2022 and beyond is to start doing local meetups uh, around the country. We're going to start kind of lo more local here to us, uh, but then start doing some traveling group meetups and getting connected with our listeners and people that we've had on the show uh, to, again, let people know they're not alone and to, to have to have more connection with others. Yeah, I think that's something that we all want, isn't it? After years, after, well, it'd be two years by 2022, won't it have been on Zoom? And yeah, just seeing people in real life, it's so exciting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like being a child again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> brilliant. Okay. Well, Colin, it has been absolutely brilliant talking to you. I knew it, I knew it would be, but I've so, so enjoyed this interview. So thank you so much for your time. I know I've gone, I've talked quite a lot here, but thank you. Um, I, if, I will put all the links to Colin and Megan's podcast and all of your website and everything in the show notes, but tell me where it's best to come and find you if people want to find out more. Yeah, uh, our website, uh, PetSitterConfessional.com is the landing page for everything that we've got going on. You can check out past episodes, current episodes. We've got uh, pet sitter recommended resources on there as well and links to all of our social media as well. So uh, you could Facebook is Pet Sitter Confessional and Instagram as well. And you can join our group and uh, start getting connected with others there too. And, Brilliant. and Rachel, okay. I want to thank you so much for having uh, me on today and letting me share and um, love everything that you've got going on. And we've got to get you on our podcast soon too. Oh, thank you so much. It's been fab chatting to you. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.